Shalom, everyone. This is Luke Tanner from Zion Hebraic Congregation. I hope you enjoyed today's Sabbath message from Titus chapter 1. Feel free to check us out on our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Okay, Shabbat Shalom. If you want to turn, we're going to be in Titus today. Um, yep. No Tituses. We're going to be in Titus chapter 1 today. Um, I don't think I've ever spoken from this book, and it's a very short book. And yeah, first, right after Timothy. Yep. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians. Timothy, Titus. So written by Paul to Titus. Titus um, is on the Isle of Crete, which is south in the Mediterranean off of the coast of uh, Greece. And um, so he was uh, writing to Titus, who was there, who was setting up congregations, establishing elders uh, to be there to lead. Um, And so... What I want us to primarily see from this book is that these principles of those who he was supposed to set up as elders and bishops in the um, congregations are principles that are just incredibly applicable uh, to us as believers today. And this is nothing new, nothing earth-shattering. It's very basic core concepts, but I think, I know in my own life, I've been being reminded lately of just core character traits of things that I need to improve and get better on, and I think would be extremely valuable for the body as a whole as well, as well as our leaders, to reestablish some of these basic four uh, fundamental core concepts and beliefs and faith and action and discipline in our lives so that we can as a body, be who and what we need to be um, to attract a lost world. Because I believe right now we're doing a pretty poor job of attracting the lost world because the lost world doesn't see anything different in us. I think they see undesirable traits in us. And that's a big problem. And so I hope to uh, this message will help to you know encourage us to rectify that and, and so that we can have these things to pass on to our children so that our children will take it farther than we have. Because I think we as a body have been lulled into complacency, to inaction, into indecision, uh, into distraction on things that are unimportant, 
so that there's confusion, there's chaos in our daily lives, in our behaviors, in our habits, in our actions that then bleed into our lack of proper spiritual and faith walk of, of the Word of God. And so we just look like a disaster to the world. And so why? So I think part of the big problem is right now, the world is doing our job in setting forth proper behaviors and action and discipline and confidence and uh, stress management and getting control of our debt and all these, these basic life things better than we are. Like people aren't going to the church and getting instruction for how to live good, healthy, moral, stable, active, healthy, prosperous lives. They're getting it from unsaved podcasts, you know, and, and I'm preaching this at me. I'm convicted because, um, you know, there's, we, which is, it's a, it's a, it's a, I feel like, and this is maybe too strong, but it's just what I picture in my head. The, our, our churches, our congregations are just empty caskets of meaninglessness that do what for the people? Give you a feel-good message? So you, you, in, you know, it booster your little, um, um, uh, you know, your, what am I trying to say? Mental, mental mind a little bit? Make you feel a little warm and fuzzy inside? Well, where's the lasting effects in that? If, if that's all the people of God here. Or, on the flip side, if all we get is tasty trifles of information and knowledge, what does that do for us either? Because I think we've forgotten who we are. As, as a people, as a people of God, as children of God. And so I want to get into that and talk about that because I think he addresses all in this one chapter, everything just bam, 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 bam. And it's super good. So first I want to pray and then I want to kind of get into these, these, these major points. So point one, know who you are. And when we know who we are as the people of God, we have strength and the we have the strength and the mind of Yeshua to live right. We have no excuses basically. Anyway, I'm going to say everything before I say everything. Two. Because of that, we need to act, take ownership and have self-control. And number 3, that's in our two is in our own lives. From there, number 3, we exhort. And we're going to get into what exhort means in our own lives in our own communities in our own friendships and relationships so all right so let's pray a little bit and then we'll get into this all right heavenly father i thank you for this day for shabbat uh, for your word for its pertinence for its strength and its power and its instruction and guidance in our lives i just pray that we would feed on it that we would be nourished appropriately to be able to be healthy in you in our lives to, that it would translate into physical actions that we go and we live out and we do instead of just having mental exercises and then feeling like, oh, but I can't, I just don't feel like it. Um, and so we uh, have become our own stumbling blocks. And so I just pray that you would help us to get out of our own way and to um, uh, revitalize ourselves in your strength and your spirit and your power. I just thank you for these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. All right, so let's lead, read Titus chapter 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Yeshua Messiah, according to the faith of God's elect, <clears throat> and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, 
in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Yeshua Messiah, our Savior. For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou should set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless, and a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gangsayers. For there are many unruler and vain talkers and deceivers, especially those of the, uncircum of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake." One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not given heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Ooh, he just doesn't mince words. He just cuts right into it, speaks to Timothy, tells him, um, ah, Tim, yeah, Titus, thank you. Gets him right into it with Timothy and tells, tells him um, a bunch of really good things in the beginning. He's, he's, uh, He's an apostle of Yeshua Messiah according to the faith of God's elect. So much of this we're not going to be able to really get into. But their core principles. God that cannot lie in verse 2. Verse 3, this is what kind of really caught me in the beginning. Hath in due times manifested his word through preaching. I just love that. So you have this, this manifestation. So first off, what in the world does preaching really mean? So preaching... And the act of preaching, what it is supposed to do is to summon the people and cause change in direction. So it is this word that is being spoken forth to the people, whether it's individually to our friends in our own lives and congregations and communities. It's not to make people feel better. It's to call them in and to cause change in direction. But what's happening right now? We're just moseying along, going the same rosy road to hell. And so we need a change in direction, a change in life. It's a, this is a physical act of change that needs to happen. And it's, it's really, I think, manifested really well, pun intended, huh? uh, in Jonah 3 verse 2 when God said, Go and preach to the Ninevites. Well, he didn't go there and make them feel good about themselves and, or say, you maybe kind of sort of want to change the direction. Now he said, you're all going to meet with destruction if you don't turn 180 degrees from what you're doing. And so they put on sackcloth and they repented and they, uh, you know, and then Yeshua uses them as an example later on about repentance and what turning back is. So this preaching, this speaking forth, this 
manifesting of the Word of God is what is supposed to change direction in people's lives. And so I want to hit that first. So keep that in the back of your mind. Manifestation of the Word of God, the transference of the spiritual into the physical. Physical matter exerts force on which on that which it comes into contact with. Thus, the Word of God has the power to change us, but it must be proclaimed, preached. So it has to be spoken, it has to be put forth, because that speaking is, what is it? It's unseen physical gray matter that has no matter, but it's energy that then gets turned into force, sound waves, and can then impact and change people's lives. So he's telling Timothy, that uh, this is what starts to ha- needs to happen. So, um, and then in seven, he is to steward. So he's supposed to preach, and then he needs to steward, which is in seven. We're going to go down there. Or he's talking about these bishops that he's supposed to set up, or these elders. So, um, well, let's let's back up a little. He's supposed to obtain, or, verse five, for this, I left thee in Crete that thou shouldest set in order things that are wanting. So there's problems. There's issues. And he's to set these things in order. And he's to ordain elders in every city. I'm not going to get into what that means. Basically, if you look up elder, it means those who typically are older, but also it's really those who have wisdom, who know the word of God. And so they're to set up these elders, and they are to be blameless, husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless, steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, nor given to filthy lucre. But I want to hone in on this steward of God. What does that mean? So to be a steward, um, it's, an, it's, it's an old word. And in ships, in battleships, the stewards were the ones who dispensed the provisions of the ship. So it gives you a very tangible idea. They're the ones that kept track of and dispensed the food and the provisions of the ship to maintain the crew, right? And then and a, a preacher also, if you look into that word and where it goes back to it, it, it has the idea of being a shepherd, feeding the flock, maintaining them. So the, to, to steward, dispense the provision of the gospel, preach its doctrines, and administer its ordinances. So to speak forth, to manifest the word of God with an energy that will then change the direction of those who are impacted by it. Okay? So those are the two things I really want to hone into. So what are all these things saying? Uh, You know, there to be blameless, one wife, faithful children, blameless again, Steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given a wine, no striker, not given a filthy lucre, but lovers of hospitality, lovers of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word, able to, by sound doctrine, to exhort and convince the gainsayers. So we have this picture of those who are supposed to lead God's people. I mean, these are high qualities but qualities that all of us need in our own lives because no matter what situation you're in in life, you have to lead somebody. 
whether you're leading your family and your wife or you as a wife are leading your children or you as an individual are in and amongst your friends and you need to have these character traits. So what is he saying to them? He's saying you have to have self-control. You have to have diligence. You have to be disciplined. You have to be obedient. You need consistency in your life. And so many of these things we lack. We forget that we are born again anew as a child of God with the Holy Spirit with Yeshua himself living within us. And because we are transformed now, we have that strength and energy which comes from him to go and do what we're supposed to do in our daily lives with consistency and discipline and energy. We, we may not always feel like it, but as one guy that I really like said, feelings don't get a vote. We have to act. We have to do what we know we're supposed to, which means getting up, reading the word of God, going to work, working hard, having good speech, being disciplined, until we, we, for, we remember who we are. We, we have to believe and remember who we are so that then we can act accordingly. But if we keep getting told, you know, warm trifles of, uh, you know, feel-good messages that don't inspire anything in people to stay vigilant, to stay disciplined, to read, to study, to learn, to act things out in our own life, to respond in a biblical way to the unsaved around us, the people are going to see wimps, to see disasters, to see, they're going to see as, as we, as so much of it is, people in the, in the churches and in Messianic congregations with lives as much of a disaster, if not more than what's going on in the world. So how are they going to be inspired by that? Now, on the other side of the coin is the beauty of the Bible is it's real. The people in the Bible, you read it and they're a disaster like everybody else. But the difference is, is they, they, we don't stay mired in that. We move forward in the strength that God gives us and it doesn't control us. We don't have the power to control our lives and control our minds. So I wrote a little bit here and just kind of bear with me as I read through it a bit. So self-control, self discipline, diligence and obedience and consistency. These are active action-based qualities which are lived out on a daily basis. Core qualities which must be present in every person in their own life. If you don't have self-control, you have nothing. You're out of control. This begins in your heart and mind. You must know what you believe. Once you know who you are, you can then control your mind according to those guiding principles. So if you're a child of God and you know who you are and you have these guiding principles written forth in his word, you can then control your heart is changed, which means you can control your mind and your life to live in accordance with those principles. This will guide and direct your daily actions. Someone who is a liar will say one thing and do another because he talks about that. Because he talks, for there are many unruly and vain, meaning vain means like empty with no substance. Vain talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be who stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. So they're teaching things which are untrue for dishonest gain to send people in a wrong direction. So this, this can't happen in our life. We who believe and uh, 
who, who believe and can read God's word already know what to do, how to live our lives. So the problem is, is, isn't that we don't know what to do. Like I tell my kids all the time, you already know how to behave. The problem is you don't do what you're supposed to. And it's the same way for all of us. We all know the basic principles of how we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to live, but we get bogged down by our own weak hearts and minds and, and, and let, get weary along the way and start to murmur and complain. Don't let learning new facts substitute true learning, which changes our behavior. So the Bible, Hebrew, God, it's action-based. We feed our mind and soul on God's word to change our actions. Because it has power, we get strength to live right. We have been given the ability to control our minds. We are not slaves to sin anymore. See, before, see, and that's what the world needs to see. They are not in control of their lives. They're not in control of their minds because they are slaves to sin and death because they are unredeemed on a path to destruction no matter how much good they try to infuse into their lives. And so what they have to see in us is people in control, living rightly, so that then they see stability and they see God coming through us so then, then we can have that serious conversation. But otherwise, nobody's going to take you seriously. And people see that. You know, uh, uh, otherwise, the only thing we can do is just commiserate in our wallowing misery. But that's not being a witness. That's not being a light. You know? So, if, if we do not live out God's word, we are just lazy and need to admit that to ourselves. Because we have the power to. We've been born again. We're something different now. And every time we don't get up and we don't read our Bible, the truth is we're just dang lazy. And we don't want to do what we're supposed to. We don't want to use the power that God's given us to live out his life. So anytime you tell yourself, well, I just don't feel motivated, or I don't feel good, or I don't... Feelings don't get a vote. Good. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I Maybe you're not inspired by all this stuff, but it's just so good. So as I'm reading... reading Paul, reading Titus, this is all the stuff that he's telling Titus to find these men who have these quality traits. Not, not wimps. People weighed down with their own problems. <laughs> you know, don't be a victim. We're not victims. We, we, we're in control. God's given us power. So we need to rise up in that strength with lion-like boldness, like I talked about in my one blog post, which I'm sure everybody read. <laughs> okay, so nine, exhort. It means to, uh, uh, to give insight to good deeds. Again, action. So we are to hold fast the faithful word which he, which, uh, he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince gainsayers. So we got to hold fast to this faithful word which we've been taught, that word which has been manifest, which has strength and power to change, right? Preaching. And we now exhort to convince gainsayers. And that exhorting is to give insight into good deeds, to show people how to live, how to walk. So take ownership of your own life. Control yourself. Control your mind. We're not victims. 
we are God's children. If people see strong, confident, temperate followers of God, this will be attractive. But right now the world is doing a better job of getting through life with confidence and assurity than we are. You know? Right now the world is doing a better job of getting through life with confidence and assurity than we are. Believers are bogged down by business, um, by busyness, debt, worry, fear, sin, internal conflict, poor health, name your problem. You know, we, we've been weighed down by these things and then we say, I'm just uh, holding on to Jesus to, to fix that. Well, he's given us the power to fix it all. But if we wallow in our inactivity and in our indecision, when we know what to do and we have the ability to do it, then it's our own fault. And we can't pray to Jesus for healing or to make a way while we sit there with our, uh, with our hands under our butt. Not doing anything. You know, that's just not how it works. You know, we are fully equipped. Okay, beating this dead horse, but let's keep going. So, believers are bogged down by all any of those things that I just read off. We have to remember who we are and what we believe. Restore the trust, confidence, and strength we've been given. Show the world they're the lost ones, that they need hope and help. But if they, are, but if they see wimps, cowards of life, and out of control, and mentally unstable people, what more will we be able to offer? You know, so we have to be a light but we have to be a light that actually shines and, and has these character and these quality traits. And it starts with the leaders, like Paul's telling Titus. When you pick out these men, this is the character traits they've got to have. But these character traits are what all of us have to have. And I want us to, if I, can't, if I get anything across today, I want us to understand that we already have Yeshua, God himself, in us, giving us a new spirit that energizing energy and power to live how we need to. If we are not, it's not God's fault. It's our own fault. And we just have to take control with the power God's given us and change our ways. Are there going to be obstacles? Yeah. Are there going to be downtimes? Yeah. Are we going to screw up royally? Yeah. But that's okay. God knows that. And he has provided ways for us to come through that. He knows we're dealing with flesh and blood and that there's still going to be challenges. But that's where he gets the glory is that when we persevere and we soldier on through and we don't break down mentally and emotionally, that's what the world does, not us. So we must get the basics mastered. So like I said, my main points, know who you are, what we believe, we're children of God. We have the strength and mind of Yeshua to live right. Take action, take ownership, take self-control, have self-control, and then exhort. Give insight to give good deeds. But until we have these basics of who we are and we're settled in who we are and we have consistency in our own lives and our own minds and we're not victims to whatever we allow ourselves to become victims to from the pressures that are that just exist in life, we're going to be bound up in all of that chaos and that mire and mud. we got to get out of the mud. 
and stand up and lead and exhort and preach, manifest, give energy uh, like Jonah did to the Ninevites. And then God will work through that as he wants to. He may see big, you may see big change as in the Ninevites turning around or you may, you know, like Moses, beat your head against the wall for 40 years and then die without getting into the land. But that's what a good soldier does. He keeps to the mission, keeps to the objective, stays disciplined, stays motivated. And also, if we all are doing that, we'll be able to build each other up along the way because everybody gets tired, everybody stumbles, everybody struggles. And that's okay, but we can't stay there. We, we grab each other along the way, we exhort and we build each other up. So, <clears throat> anyway, hope that ministered to you. It was ministered to me immensely. I just loved it. Um, and uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father God, thank you for this day and this Shabbat and your word and your truth. Help us to live out your word through your strength that you have given us and be a light to the world. Um, and I just thank you for these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah.